Good morning, Anchor FM. Good morning, Spotify. I am your host of this particular, particular Anchor FM episode podcast, my podcast. And here today, this morning, is the news report of the world news. Uh, let's see. Hmm. MSNBC. I'm telling the world of the update, what goes on in the world in, in Washington. Also, 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 the suspects been identified in the, let's see, uh, what, what date was that? January 6th of the riot at the Capitol, Capitol State Capitol building. <sighs> A lot of things going on. So here today, this morning, is the news report of MSNBC. If you like the show, later on we, I will be going on. If you like the show, donate. Like I said, donate to my cash app. Donate to the show. You know? Support your brother. Support your boy. Donate 99 cents. Donate a dollar. Donate five dollars. Whatever you have. Donate. Donate. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And here is the uh, news report of the MSNBC news report. What's going on in this cruel, cruel, messed up world? Stay tuned. Anchor FM and Spotify listeners. I am your host of this Anchor podcast. Thank you. At Capella University, we know the world is pretty smart. Wicked smart. So we made FlexPath smart enough that you can finish the bachelor's degree in business you've started in 18 months for $18,000. That's smart. Capella University. Don't just learn. Learn smarter. More doses are on the way to California and specifically here in the Bay Area. Kaiser, one of the largest insurers, says it's expanding who qualifies for the vaccine at its hospitals. And according to a just released study, one dose may be all you need. Here's our business and tech reporter, Scott Budman. The good news starts with Kaiser Permanente, which, after having to cancel appointments due to lack of vaccines, now says it will begin offering vaccine shots to its members, 65 and over, thanks to a larger allotment of doses. Another piece of good news. If I can get it one and done and be on my way, like sign me up. It may only take one shot to get significant immunity from the virus. A study out of Israel showing that the Pfizer vaccine was 85% effective at preventing COVID symptoms even after just one shot. We can find some small amount of patients that are positive, but they are not sick. So the vaccine gives very, very good protection from severe disease. All of this as the FDA prepares to review and potentially approve Johnson & Johnson's single-shot vaccine later this week. It would be the third vaccine to battle the virus and the first one that can be stored and transported in a normal refrigerator. I want one vaccine. Just stick me once. I want to be done. I don't even like needles anyway, so let's get it done. Maybe one dose is what we need to be doing right now because the more we get everyone protected, the more we get back to normal life. And right now, our life is still very abnormal. Well, good evening once again. Day 34 of the Biden administration. 
Tonight, to mark the sorry occasion of our nation's loss of over half a million souls to a controllable virus, the president and vice president did something we have not seen from an American leader in the full year since this pandemic took hold of our country. They took note of the devastating toll with a moment of silence and a candlelight ceremony to honor the dead. Moments earlier, as Joe Biden spoke of the need to remain vigilant against the virus, he acknowledged the enormous loss. That's more Americans who have died in one year in this pandemic than in World War I, World War II, and the Vietnam War combined. That's more lives lost to this virus than any other nation on Earth, as we all remember. I also ask us to act, to remain vigilant, to stay, stay socially distanced, to mask up, get vaccinated when it's your turn. We must end the politics and misinformation that's divided families, communities in the country. Exactly one year ago, no COVID deaths had been reported in this country, and there were about 35 known cases. As of tonight, the death toll stands at over 502,000 Americans. Confirmed cases now top 28 million. Professor, the court of last resort was uh, not enough for the former president today, the most transactional president in our history, the man who came to the job with the least knowledge of the three branches of government of any president in our history, probably expected way back when his three appointees to go his way. They, of course, as no one needs remind you, did not. Uh, my question to you is, what will, what will the public see or what will the public find out as a result of the Supreme Court ruling today? Or will its impact really be limited to a grand jury room in New York? Well, as you know, Brian, grand jury proceedings are secret and any of the evidence that are used in a grand jury investigation would remain secret unless there is a trial or some further investigation where those documents are made public. What the public may see in time is the path of this investigation gathering steam and taking on more contours. So we may see more information about witnesses. Some witnesses may make deals with the prosecution that will become public. And so this is just the beginning. And, and that's the thing. Um, we've waited five years to get to the beginning. And this is what this long process, this long arduous process has been about. We're learning more about the planning that went into the attack on the U.S. Capitol and the complications that delayed the response from law enforcement. Former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund is set to testify before a Senate committee Tuesday about the events that unfolded on January 6th. Sund resigned one day after the insurrection. He has previously said it took two hours for officials to approve an urgent request for backup from the National Guard. But a new piece by the New York Times is shedding more light on what may have happened, reporting Monday that there was, quote, confusion about whether approval from congressional leaders was needed to request National Guard troops. For more on the federal investigation into the attack, let's bring in CBS News senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge. Hi there, Catherine. So arrests in connection to the Capitol riot are ongoing. What are the latest numbers and what kind of charges are being brought? 
Well, Lane, we spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago about how this was shaping up to be one of the largest federal investigations, criminal investigations, in U.S. history, and the data we obtain here at CBS News clearly show that is the case. What we know so far is that the FBI has identified more than 500 persons of interest or potential suspects in the investigation. That tells you about the sheer scope of individuals who they believe breached the Capitol. Also, more than 200,000 digital media tips, so that's social media, other video elements that they're reviewing. And then as well, 237 federal cases, and so far, 70 indictments. And all of that for context is within the space of really just two months. Wow. Well, let's talk about the commonalities in these cases. Officials say it appears there were two dominant conspiracies at play on Correct. January 6th. Mm -hmm. What can you tell us about that? Well, we were first to report here at CBS News about um, how investigators considered it a tier one priority in the earliest days of the investigation to identify individuals who use these military style tactics to breach the Capitol, not only into the building, but then also once inside and allegedly use these hand signals to communicate directions to one another. What we now see in this federal investigation is two buckets with conspiracy charges. The first and the larger bucket is with this group called the Oath Keepers. This is a group, according to the FBI, who believe the federal government is systematically stripping them of their constitutional rights. And what we see from the indictments that have been filed is the allegation that they began planning this effort to disrupt the certification of the Electoral College as early as Election Day in November. And when you dig into those records, you also see allegations that there was not just discussion about what would happen in January and discussion of being prepared for the inauguration, but it also talked about these active steps that they took or alleged to have taken, including physical training so that they could better coordinate on the day. And there's an interesting development specifically with an alleged senior member of that group, Jesse Watkins. It was alleged in court filings over the weekend that she was in Washington to present VIP security to people associated with the Trump team and had some kind of meeting with the Secret Service. The Secret Service has told CBS News on the record that there was absolutely no official or formal meeting with Watkins during that time frame in early January. And just quickly on the second conspiracy, because I promised you two, <laughs> the other is the Proud Boys. And what's important about that alleged conspiracy is that rather than being a long-term uh, venture, if you will, like the Oath Keepers, it was actually more compact and compressed in the 48 hours leading up to the breach. It was almost an effort to capitalize, allegedly capitalize on the crowd and bring more people into the building that perhaps had thought they would do so on that day. Really chilling to hear about these additional details, Catherine. And there's more information as well coming out about the pipe bombs that were planted in front of the Democratic and Republican National Committees. What's the status of that investigation? Well, a source familiar with the FBI report, it's a forensic examination of the devices, has told me that they were deemed by the FBI to be legit 
and then also viable devices, and that each one contained uh, four components. There was the pipe or the container uh, fusing or firing mechanism, uh, in addition to a low explosive powder, and then also a power supply. But what I found most interesting in the reporting is that there are, I'm told, additional videos of the suspect the FBI has been reviewing. And a, a few weeks ago, there was a lot of background chatter that they might be close to an arrest. And I think I understand what that's about now. I'm told that there was a video that was shot by a camera crew that in the background had an individual who resembled the suspect. And as the face was coming into focus on that video, either the camera angle changed or someone walked in front of the camera and they lost that opportunity to get a visual identification or recognition uh, on the individual. I'm waiting to hear more back from the FBI mm. on this information, but the reason I talk so much about the pipe bombs here at CBS News is that I know investigators mm. believe that this is a fundamental element to understanding the overall picture on January 6th, this issue of premeditation, and just how many groups had alleged conspiracies that were operating leading up to that day. Right, and for people who have been uh, following your work here on CBSN and uh, on CBS News more broadly, I think all of those pieces are the kinds of details that uh, are really so uh, eye-opening and sobering um, with respect to the scope, as you say, uh, of what took place on January 6th. So, Catherine, since we last spoke, more Capitol Police are under investigation. What are the allegations there? Well, the allegations there is that they did not perform their duties on that day and may have, in effect, facilitated uh, entry and navigation of that Capitol Hill complex. You've been up on Capitol Hill here in Washington, and the thing that's always been stuck in my brain since that day is how quickly they were able to breach the building, not knowing where they would be able to enter, and then get up to those key areas, uh, statutory hall and the speaker's office. I know from, we talked about this before, but I think it's really worth repeating, I've been covering the Hill for 15 years or more more here in Washington, and it is so easy to get turned around in that complex because it's an old complex with new additions and new passageways, and even people who are very experienced get turned around. So with the Capitol Hill Police, there are 15 who have been suspended, six uh, with pay, and um, the allegation essentially is that they facilitated rather than protecting the Capitol campus on that day. All right, Catherine Harridge covering all angles of these investigations for us. Catherine, we really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome.